I'm R.J. Bell with the sports betting headlines for Tuesday. National champion crowned in college football, Georgia beats Alabama. They cover the spread and win the national title. We'll break it down from a Vegas perspective. Turning to next season, we got the favorites to win the college football title. Alabama, Georgia, High State, Clemson are the top four. The order may surprise you. Joe Judge is out with the Giants. We got all of the openings in the NFL with odds on who the likely candidate to take the job will be. Here comes a four out of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. This is Straight Out of Vegas. With the voice of Vegas, your host, R.J. Bell. The pregame show America has always wanted. I doubt the future. I doubt the future. From the Vegas Strip, here's R.J. Bell. Yes, that's right. You heard it. I'm R.J. Live in Las Vegas. Live on a Tuesday. Live on 225 FSR stations. Across this great, great nation. The aftermath day for the national title. And finally, the pinnacle reached by Kirby Smart and Georgia. And we got the right guy to talk about it. A college football expert. Sports bettors listen for the money. Sports fans listen to no more than their buddies. He's the fan who beats the man, A.J. Hoffman. Thanks, R.J. Great to be here on a day where Georgia gets the monkey off their back, winning their first national title in 41 years. Alabama, the favorite going into next year, and Joe Judge fired by the Giants. What is the Vegas lead? You know what's wild? It just hit me. I can remember the Sports Illustrated when Georgia won it. Uh, I mean, that was with Herschel Walker, right? That is. And Vince Dooley was the coach. Did you know that? I I did not. That happened the year I was born. Exactly. (laughs) So I was 10. So that's where that little bit of advantage comes in. Um, It is going to be Georgia. But I want to be specific with this. We'll talk about a couple different things. But what I want to talk about is what does this mean to college football? Because what I know is that on one hand, you could say it's Giants playing Giants. You know, no Davids here. It's Goliath against Goliath. But you could also make the case, hey, it's fresh blood. How do you look at it, really, and and what this means for, I guess, some kind of parity with the Nick Saban domination? Well, let's set up the game. 33-18, Georgia wins and covers his three-point favorites. Uh, I'm, I, I think this is as close as you're going to get for some time to new blood. There's a lot of people who don't consider any of the top tier of the SEC new blood. But p- for people who complain well, I mean, about— they haven't won a national title in 40 years. How can it be new blood? Uh, you're right. But they are always one of the teams that's there. And it, I think if you're saying, I'm tired of the same old teams winning, then you have to be a fan of this Georgia team winning, even though it feels like a Another blue chip program, a team that gets the best players winning another championship, which is frustrating to a lot well, of fans gonna of win smaller schools. Who's going to win championships? That's the, the question. Get the bad players? No. <laughs> no, but there are people who are just tired of seeing, oh, the, the, if you've got the best recruits, you win the championship. Uh, but, but I think that 
someone other than Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State winning is a good thing for college football. I mean, I think Ohio State would have been pretty good, too. But okay, I hear you. (laughs) That's A.J. Hoffman speaking for the graduate of Tennessee State University. Was that it? Tennessee State? No, that is that is a fake. No, that's not a fake university, but I never went to Tennessee State. What was the name of the school you went to? Belmont University. And where was it at? In Nashville. Tennessee. Tennessee. Tennessee State. In the state of Tennessee, yes. Okay, right. okay. Actually, you know the, what? I, okay, I, I shouldn't have that. argued with you. You were right. <laughs> <laughs> What's the national title count there? Uh, they, they do not have a football team. Undefeated <laughs> in, in college football. You were the best football player on campus, probably. I don't know about that, but I, you know what? No, I wasn't. I, I mean, almost, did you win the intramural championship? I did not win any intramural championships there. <laughs> okay, so let's, let's not bash Ohio State now. But moving on from that, to me, the given is going to be there's going to be this group of um, they have the it's possible the possibles maybe. And that's not great. But something that's saying, listen, you're going to have a certain minimum requirement when it comes to your ability to recruit. And if you can be in the top dozen Maybe things can fall your way if you're like team eight through 12. And once every like Oregon, you could make the case the first time they were in the national title game. I think they played twice, lost to high state the second time is they weren't necessarily a top eight recruiting school at that point. Right. But you had Chip Kelly. You had an innovative offense. You had a nice, you know, easier road in the Pac-12. And lo and behold, or the 10 at the time, I guess, and lo and behold, you were in the national title game and you could have won. In fact, if I recall that same year, that was against Cam Newton, right? And and if I recall correctly, an Auburn team that really probably wasn't a top, top, top recruited team except for one guy. So, I mean, it feels like if you're in the second tier, you can still be competitive if you have one superstar or if you have a super innovative offense, maybe. Is that how you see it? And we just haven't seen that recently? Or has there been just a fundamental change in the last even five or six years that a a school like Oregon back then wouldn't make it now? Yeah, I I think that that's probably the the way to look at it. If you you had some sort – and really, if you had a unique player – you could make something happen. I think that's your, what you're talking about with Auburn is they had a special player that kind of overcame everything else. And do you think that that can still happen? I do. All right. So really what we're saying is there's going to be like seven or eight schools that are competitive every year because they recruit that well. And then there might be another 10 that if they got lucky that year, they could be the ninth and 10th team to maybe compete. But you're going to get lucky like that only every once in a while because you got to hit on a home run recruit, a Heisman type, or maybe have a super innovative coach. And otherwise, it's going to be that same club every year. Yes. And even within that club, there's tiers, right? Because Notre Dame was in that club. Oklahoma's in the club. Yeah, those teams aren't winning it. They're getting but there, they but they're see, not winning And they're not even close to winning it. No. Right. I mean, you look at a team that even loses the title game by 10, you could say, hey, they're in it. But when you lose by 30 in the semis, it could be a fluke or it could be you're just not in that tier. Right. Cincinnati deserved to be in the final four, but they weren't competitive to actually win a title. Yes. All right. I'm RJ Bell. We're straight out of Vegas. Georgia feels like the kind of team, though, with the recruiting that they do 
that could be in the mix every single year. The problem is how many years are there going to be two teams from the same conference that make the playoff with this four-team setup? And this year was one of the years that, that two teams did. Well, it seems but like that, the SEC all... has two teams every year. Mm-mm. I mean, I, last the, couple. They're the only conference that can get to, certainly. Okay. So, but what I'm saying is it seems like it's uh, – if we had a bet over under number of SEC teams in the title or the Final Four next year – Next It'd year. be one and a half. <laughs> exactly. So what you're saying is about a 50% chance there's going to be one and a 50% chance there's going to be two. Yes. I think that's about right, to be honest. I, you give me even money on two next year, I'm not going to rush to bet it, but I'm not going to rush to bet the no. I think that's about yeah. right. Yeah, and especially when you look at the, the odds saying that Alabama and Georgia are the two best teams going into next year as well. Yeah, and we'll get to that in a little bit and run down – the title odds and the order, I think, is surprising. It's the usual suspects, but the order is surprising. Now, let's finish up with the future of college football, and then we'll look at the game a little more closely because I think it was inspiring in a different way, right? Is There might have been Goliaths as the teams, but there was a David out there at quarterback, you could make the case, to extend the analogy, perhaps a little too much. But if his name was David, it really worked. <laughs> but you can't have everything. If we the, here's the question, and we prep this, so you got your list. If I said the next five years, you're going to win a national title every time a team that you pick wins a national title. So if you had Georgia this year, you would win ten thousand dollars free roll. So it's like Ooh. this is a free roll. So if you were drafting these teams, you're going to pick first the team you think it's going to win the most national titles in the next five years, second, the second most, et cetera. Go through your top five, and let's go from number one. Number one's Alabama. All right, so even they lost, even though Nick Saban's 70, or, or I think he's exactly 70, um, you think between his 71st and 75th year, he's the favorite to win the most national titles. I think so. He, he's bringing back just based on, especially based on what he's got coming back next year. He's got the uh, the the Heisman Trophy winner returning. Uh, he's got the best defensive player, one of the best defensive players in college football returning. He's built to to keep this thing rolling. Okay, how many years out? We didn't prep this, so get ready. How many years out would this bet have to be before you took someone other than Alabama? Would you take Alabama at six years, seven years, eight years? At what point do you take someone else, and who is that team? That's tough because these guys like I, I, I don't ask easy questions, buddy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, as soon as Nick Saban retires, the whole equation ends. Exactly. So uh, I, I mean, in that and in that circumstance, I would probably say if if we go seven years, I probably switch my attention a little bit to to one of these teams that has a, a younger coach. And who would that team be, AJ? It would be Georgia. Okay, so Georgia is your number two in the five years, and you're saying the horizon would be about seven. You're thinking, yeah, because Saban probably isn't coaching at seventy-seven, though you never know. Um. And we will talk about in a little bit how great Saban's been in his later years. The best ever. The best ever as a 60-plus coach. And we've got all the Hall of Fame coaches and how they've done 60 and beyond. But you got Georgia as the second favorite to win the most titles in the next five years. Now, if you look at the recruiting, it seems like Georgia sometimes, if not more than sometimes has better years than Alabama. So would you say in general that, that Georgia is at least 
uh, even things up when it comes to the, the recruiting? Or do you think Alabama still has an edge? I think Alabama still has an edge, but I, I think Georgia is is one of the few teams that's even in the conversation with them. Okay, number three on this list, who do you expect to win the most national titles in the next five years? One Alabama, two Georgia, number three is? The Ohio State University. I like the the there. Put some respect on that. <laughs> now, it's interesting. Another team that's got a young coach, by the way. Yeah, a coach that you hear a lot about potential NFL jobs and all that, but... You know, hey, Urban Meyer messed up Jacksonville, no doubt. Um, I didn't like the way he left Ohio State. But his support of Day went out the door, I think, it might be his greatest legacy, especially if he sticks around. Um, this year wasn't supposed to be an up year, and they lost, you know, two games. But, man, they were probably the seventh best team in the country. So if you're down years number seven and your up years are one, two, or three – that's all you can hope for, and, and I think Ohio State meets that criteria. Number four. The Clemson University. I don't think it's the. It's Clemson, oh, okay. isn't I didn't, it? I didn't know. I think it Cle- is just Clemson. I think Clemson's enough. Just <laughs> trying uh, to put respect on it, you know? No, no, we don't care, really. I mean, we. I, I don't have any problem with them, but, you know, come on. So, you might look at it, and here's the thing about Dabo that throws me. Up until, like, 18 months ago, so a year and a half ago, it felt like Dabo got only positive press. All you heard about was how his uh, assistants stay there forever. They're lifers. And it's like a family. And if you looked at the recruiting rankings, the first time they beat Clemson beat Alabama, they averaged in the four years prior, because that's going to be the seniors were four years ago. You know, think about it is they average like number 12 in the recruiting rankings. And then in the next year, in the next year, they were getting better, nine, seven. And then they entered like that top echelon. Since they've entered the top echelon, they've won less. <laughs> Do you? And then it seems like Dabo with some of the political stuff, you know, it seemed to lean right, got some bad press. It feels like that somehow... The, the the shine is off Clemson and Dabo, though in theory, if it were the last time they won the national title and I asked you this same question, you would have thought, I think you would have thought Clemson, the future looks brighter, right? Because as the recruiting gets better, everything else stays the same as in you've got Dabo still in theory. Shouldn't it have gotten better? What's what's happened with Clemson? Well, the Clemson, you, there's the Clemson detractors that Clemson's like a powerhouse going forward will say that Clemson just had a run where they had two really special college quarterbacks in Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, and DJ Ugalele was not that this year and he was expected to be because everyone thought well he's the next quarterback in line and you could argue that maybe there were those two players who carried them to being an elite program maybe that's not really what they are but Dabo said in one of the press conferences he says when I got here we were happy to win every single game and now the world's crumbling on in a year that we we go 10 and 3 and you know he's changed the way is not top tier no, it's not. But if 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 you're in the top tier and people start looking at you as down when you have a ten win season, you know your your program's in a pretty good place. It is, but it's in a worse place than we expected it to be the day after they won their last national title. Yes. Why? I think that a lot of it was the offense this year just wasn't what he expected. The quarterback play. But they was didn't not win a national title expected. the last two Trevor Lawrence years either. The savior. Nope. 
No, but they were they were in the mix. But those exactly, times. they have a weak conference. The minute they play anyone good, they lose. That's that you could make that argument. But it wasn't the case before when they had lesser players. No. Is it Deshaun Watson only? I mean, it's interesting. It's an interesting conversation. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to give you the number five team in AJ's list. This will be a shocker. This will be one Colin will like, I think. And we're going to tell you Nick Saban, after the age of 60, how he's done versus the best coaches ever. When he's RJ Bell, I'm AJ Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I disagree with intervention. I disagree with protocol. If you speak out against the words, then the hammer's gonna fall. The government runs a business. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm AJ Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to wrap up our conversation on the national championship and talk about who's going to be in that mix going forward and how much longer can Nick Saban stay in that mix. Yeah, we got an exciting bits of info here coming up, including AJ. He said, in the next five years, the most national titles will be won by, and he gave his top four, Alabama, number one, Georgia, two, Ohio State, three, Clemson, four. Now, what's coming up is, who's his number five? Because that five is a surprise to me. And then we're going to go over the national title odds and talk about how coaches start to drop off 60-plus, but old Nick Saban said, no, no, thank you. I'm not going to drop <laughs> not off. Not me. This is the fastest growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. That's because of your support. Thank you. Keep it up. And we'll keep it up. We promise. That's for me personally. You can listen on the iHeartRadio app. Just search straight out of Vegas. Here in Vegas on the Strip, 62 degrees, 62. The neon is flowing. All right, RJ, do you want to jump right into team number five? All right, so I this is a shocker to me. So Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson, team number five to win the most national titles in the next five years is? USC. Ooh, make your case. Yeah, they get a new coach in Lincoln Riley, first time in a they while. They get a new They've coach had- every three years. Well, usually they're uh, they're not a name brand coach, and Lincoln Riley's been a guy who's been proven to be able to at least get Heisman Trophy level quarterbacks in. Uh, I think him having the the recruiting base out there in California, and really just the fact that it's an easy it's an easy place to be the best of your bunch. Uh, if you all you've got to do is be the best team on the West Coast in the Pac-12, and you've got a chance. Much like Clemson is now in the ACC, if you can run the ACC, if you can be that much better than the rest of your bad conference, then you'll get a seat at the table. So, well, maybe, right? This Presumably, year, the Pac-12 yeah. didn't. I, I I think it's easier. Would you agree? It's not a, now again. The, the the theory is if they go to six teams, and we don't know about expansion. I hear now, <clears throat> excuse me, that the expansion is there's kind of an impasse regarding some stuff. I think it was uh, Joel Klatt was talking about this from Fox that um, they have a dispute about. Is it the five uh, power five champions plus one group of five? Are they going to have wild cards? Like, and who knows when it's going to be? If you had to guess, when does expansion happen and what does it look like? If I'm not mistaken, I heard yesterday that expansion has been tabled till at least 2026 at this point. 
So I, I don't know. I th- and I think it's hard to say what it'll look like because it'll be it's hard to say what the power conferences will look like because will the Big 12 be considered a power conference after Texas and Oklahoma leave? I, I don't know what that's. They, they look like they're not going to be, but I, I don't know how the NCAA or how, you know, college football fans will, will view them. Well, I think in a weird way, the NCAA is who they're trying to kind of get out of the clutches. Circumvent. Of. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think circumvent's the right word. We're straight out of Vegas. Um, personally, I think expansion would help the Nick Sabans of the world. Because on one hand, you could say, well, they got to win three games instead of two. That's going to be harder. But you give Saban the time and, and, and a little bit of rest. I mean, he doesn't have a lot of close games. I mean, like when he wins, when he's the better team, he dominates them. And when they're the better team, he wins about half the time, it seems like. And um, I think they have a much better chance of losing like one additional game amongst the 10 or 11 they play than losing that one game that they have. Like in a weird way, you're giving them the the flex. I mean, if Alabama loses two games and there's like six teams, they're probably in. If there's 12 teams, like I hear two, they're in for sure. Yeah. So – in so it weird, gives them a little more wiggle room in the regular season where they play a tougher schedule in the SEC yeah, and, than and, a Clemson or someone like that. And I think that wiggle room is worth them having to win one more game against lesser competition to get to the same place they would have been in the smaller Final Four, right? You know, I haven't heard anyone, you know, kind of frame it that way, but that that is a good point. And, you know, Nick Saban was one guy who said, if we when we expand, things get watered down. When we when we start to expand, it's it, the the regular season becomes less meaningful. But the regular season being less meaningful is probably a good thing for the teams who play a tougher regular season schedule. Okay, so USC, AJ is optimistic about moving forward. We actually have, and McKenzie's going to read them down, we've got the national title odds for next year. A lot of people might say it's too soon. I say nope, but be careful. (laughs) Be careful because whenever you make bets like this, they're holding your money for, you know, about a year. So, yeah, if you see juicy, juicy, juicy odds that you love, you don't think they're going to be there, grab them. But the bar, the threshold to bet a bet that's going to get returned to you if you win that day is much lower than a bet that's going to be returned in a month versus six months versus a year, et cetera. You know, I got some bets outstanding about living to 80. You know, I feel good that I'm going to collect, but it's going to be a while. And if I don't... (laughs) You know what? I don't. I won't really care. Not right? your problem. I, ignorance is bliss, they say. <laughs> Let my estate worry about it. We are straight <laughs> out of Vegas. Mackenzie, give us, and let's go one team at a time with the favorite next year. The favorite to win next year's national championship is Alabama at plus 325. All right, so 100 wins you 325. They lose this year. No one cares. They're the favorite. Number two. Georgia, plus 350. So just a smidge behind them. Georgia Ohio two. State. Oh, go ahead. Ohio three. State is seven to one. All right. I think they should be more towards six to one, but okay. The third favorite, but it is interesting. You're getting more than double the payout. Yep. With Ohio State versus the Big Two, and then number four, Clemson, ten to one. Ooh. Okay. Nice drop there. And finally, number five. Tied at five is Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Big drop off, twenty-five to one. 
Wow. Where's where's AJ's USC? Tied for 10th, 40 to 1. AJ, you, you should be gobbling that up. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to happen in one year from where USC uh, was last season. You only got five, buddy. I only got five. I only got five. All right. So was Michigan – where would you put Michigan? I mean, they forget are, the smelliness and no. all. Yeah, they're seventh. <laughs> they're right behind A&M and Oklahoma at 30 no, I'm saying one. where do you put Michigan on your kind of next five years? Oh. Uh, well, yeesh, think about, I, think about I, that. I, I'm going to give an amazing stat that – really reinforces what uh, uh, Kirby Smart accomplished here is the prior 26 times that Nick Saban had coached against his assistants, he won the game 25, 25 and one. And now Kirby in the biggest stage of them all wins. What an accomplishment. And in a weird way, you could almost think he'll never have a moment a day, a night like he had where he spent his, you know, how long has it been that his goal has been to beat Nick Saban and in the national championship to like supplant the student, supplanting the teacher kind of thing. And it's had, I mean, I can't imagine that any career goal has even come close to that. And you only get, you get to, if you're lucky, you get to achieve that once. And to me, it's, I'm not a Georgia fan at the school, but I mean, you got to appreciate that. And in a way, he was the underdog in that game. There was another thing that came in, or that went against history. This one went with history. When you have a team or teams that rematch in the bowls, rematch. So they played some point during the regular season, including potentially the conference championship, but then they rematch in the bowls. It had been. Uh, it is now seven straight games that the team that lost the first game wins the second game. Now that's amazing. And this, be clear, this doesn't count if it's regular season and then conference championship. That is not considered a bowl rematch. This is in the bowls is the second one. The first one can be any time prior, conference championship or regular season. And obviously Georgia lost the first time. Won the second time. We're straight out of Vegas. So where do you what do you think of Michigan and the whole Harbaugh? He might be leaving, might be staying. I I think if I finished my list off, they'd probably be around tenth. Mm, that uh, seems be, high. Behind it might be, <laughs> but behind LSU, behind Notre Dame, behind Oregon, and and behind Oklahoma. All right, we are straight out of Vegas. That's AJ Hoffman. AJ, you had an interesting take. Again, back to the David Goliath, but they're two Goliaths, but maybe Kirby was a David in a way. But you said there was another David out there. Yeah, Stetson Bennett. I mean, this is an incredible story. A guy who was a walk-on at Georgia. And JT Daniels, who started the season as the quarterback for Georgia, a five-star kid uh, who everyone fought over and Georgia got him. And for him to be on the sideline, and if you said, if you said, well, at halftime of the championship game, you've got six points on the board against a team that blew you out and made Stetson Bennett look really bad in the SEC championship game, no one would have blamed Kirby Smart for pulling the trigger and making a switch at halftime uh, to JT Daniels. And he's stuck with Stetson Bennett, 
And not only does he win a championship, but it also gives us the story of this walk-on quarterback winning a national championship, which is just an incredible thing. No doubt. And when he's selling used cars later, he'll be able to tell that story. <laughs> That's what I tweeted last night. I said he's going to be one of the most successful real estate agents in Georgia in about five years. <laughs> That's pretty clever. Give your, <laughs> give your Twitter account because that was clever. It's at AJ is the real. Boy, that wasn't real smart. AJ is the real. That's the one. Are you trying to make it hard for people to find it? No. Uh huh. Uh-huh. It's, it's to avoid the fakes. That's all, RJ. Oh, well, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of people trying to be AJ Hoffman, baby. All right, here's what we're going to do I'm going to tell I've been saving this because I'm a Nick Saban guy. I like greatness, I respect the win by Georgia. But man, even after the loss, there's a stat. If you look at how Nick Saban's done from the age of 60 onward compared to all the other Hall of Fame coaches, it's going to stun you. First, though, be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific. Fox Sports Radio, I'm A.J. Hoffman. He is the voice of Vegas, R.J. Bell. Now, that's fascinating because on one hand, college football betting is up, 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 and up. And right now, the second most popular sport to bet behind the NFL. But the TV ratings going down, and there's all this concern about regionality, that it's too regional. It's a southern sport, but New York City doesn't care. You know, you listen to a guy like Colin, who is got his finger on the pulse of the nation's sports quite amazingly well. He knows, you know, he's got, and that's an advantage of being on the TV side. They get ratings every quarter hour. They get them turned around that day. So they kind of get a gauge of what's, what's playing and what's not. And I think he talked about the national championship game yesterday for maybe three minutes. It was like, it was like a tiny portion of a three-hour wow. show. And it and again, I might have missed something, but I don't, you know, I don't think so. And um, but either way, we know college football is not overly discussed on the national shows, so it's kind of interesting. It dominates the South and other areas, Midwest some, but it, it's you know the coastal elites. Not big fan. I guess if the Ivy Leagues were better, or Syracuse was better, <laughs> right, or Northwestern was better, but none of those schools are any good, so they don't care. Maybe I don't know. I All also right. think there's there's something to Alabama fatigue. It's almost like the Patriots Super Bowls that started to happen. Like everyone was tired of seeing the Patriots win. I think everybody was tired of seeing Alabama play in this game. Well, especially when it does seem like they get the benefit of the doubt too much. And, I mean, how could it have been any more perfect that somehow they lose the draw? I mean, it almost felt, yeah, it felt like you, they're like uh, Jason in Friday the 13th. You just Jason can't kill Voorhees, him. Yeah. yeah. You just can't kill him. Okay, speaking <laughs> of Saban, check this out. So one of the things we did, Fezzik did the work last year, maybe the year before even, is we looked at Belichick. And I remember back, oh, Seven, eight years ago, Bill Simmons was talking about maybe Belichick lost his fastball. So Belichick was like 63. And it's like, well, no, no, he's won like three Super Bowl since. And that is so different than typically. If you look at all the Hall of Fame coaches in the NFL, and then we're going to go to Saban in college. But in the NFL, their win percentage after the age of 60 uh, as of this study we did just recently, 52%. And Belichick's win percentage was better than it had been prior to 60. So I can't remember the exact Belichick. But here's the Saban one. In 
if you take all of the Hall of Fame coaches after the age of 60, and we're talking Division One now, not like Alonzo Stagg or any of that stuff. Division One, the big names, there were 13, 12 of them that we looked at, and their win percentage was exactly 70% after the age of 60. Pretty good, right? Pretty good. You had someone like uh, Bear Bryant winning national titles, and when you add them all up, they had five national titles. So all the Hall of Fame coaches combined, 70% winners after 60, five national titles. Nick Saban, after 60, 140 winners, 14 losers. 140 <laughs> and 14. That doesn't even sound like a real number. With five national titles himself. So Nick Saban has matched the number of national titles after the age of 60 of all other coaches combined. In, Just unbelievable. At the Division One level. <laughs> I mean, listen, let's give Kirby his credit and let's give Nick a Lifetime Achievement Grammy, perhaps. But we'll see next year because they are the favorite. When we come we back, Joe Judge and my early best bet, my early best bet this weekend's NFL action. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. Let's take a look at the New York Giants moving on from Joe Judge. Did it come as a surprise to you, R.J.? Yes, but it felt like it was warranted. And I think this proves something very much is the case that's new. That's new. The sense of public opinion is very powerful. Think back last year, the Eagles. Peterson, coach, had just won a Super Bowl not that long ago. They didn't play, you know, in theory, they had horrible injury luck for multiple years. And they still had times where they won divisions. Now, not great divisions, but, I mean, it, it, I don't think a head coach that soon after a Super Bowl with that decent of a performance since, not great, but decent, has ever been fired. And I'm not sure that Peterson would have been fired. In fact, I don't think he would have if it weren't for the debacle of the last Sunday night football game when they th pretty much threw the game, it looked like, or at least their emphasis wasn't on winning. <laughs> and to put Sutfield in there, uh, when you were trying to get a look at Jalen Hurts, it really was inexplicable. It, it was hard to defend. Do you remember what your opinion was at the time, AJ, on that? It almost felt like they just they were purposely giving the way a game, which I, I didn't understand at the time. You didn't understand. They were eliminated from the playoffs. It was the last game of the year, and right, they but got it, the sixth pick instead of the ninth pick because they lost. But as you've said this this year, especially like teams that seems not to typically be the priority for teams. And when it is the priority, when quote unquote tanking, and I don't love that word, but let's just say selective effort around the draft is. It, usually it's when you have a coach that has security, a coach that he walks in, they shut the doors, they turn off the cell phones, they sweep for bugs, and they have a real <laughs> conversation in the cone of silence even. 
and they have a real conversation. And usually that conversation is, hey, I wouldn't mind so much if kind of thing. Like the mob would talk. And when would a head coach do that? When he thinks he has the buy-in of the owner to the degree that the loss won't matter. Yeah, it'll go on his record, but the theory is he's going to win more games because of the improvement of the draft choices, and he's going to be there for years to come to reap the benefits. And I don't think Peterson does that without the checkoff of the GM. How could he? It would be insane. To what it end? Because it was going to cause trouble regardless, So you, but if you are strong with the owner, it doesn't matter. They would have forgotten it by the season, but... In fact, people forgot it now. But Peterson's out of a job. Why? Because he was the face of that decision. And I think he was borderline in trouble anyway. And all the uproar about it made him say, you know what? Let's just do this now. To me, I heard serious people speculate, AJ, that Judge was probably throwing the, not throwing these games, but the effort wasn't there. That if you look at what happened since Jones got hurt, that it doesn't look like they're trying. And you can make the case that that fourth down and what was that uh, third and whatever they did a qu- quarterback third sneak and f- third and five I think they did a quarterback sneak from inside their own ten. I mean the kind of stuff you just never see, and play calling is the way you would hurt your chance to win. The players you play and the play calling because the players are going to play hard, right? So my thought was, boy, that's proof that he is secure. And you know what? Maybe it was they. Maybe they did give him the nod and say it's okay. But I'll tell you this, once the uproar started, he's gone. It feels like that there's no way they announce he's or, or let out that he's okay, he's safe, and then him be fired unless it was all about public perception and, quite frankly, Twitter, Facebook, New York Talk Radio. What do you think? Is it possible that maybe they, they felt like they took a, a gamble with a guy who had never been anything more than a special teams coordinator? Well, then why the would, why be would they— why would they have let out, you know, they released the fact that he was safe. I mean, those reports didn't come from nowhere. No, you're right. Right? I mean, and they, they changed their mind. I think only public perception. We got a little business. Yeah, AutoZone has the free services you need to help you get back on the road, like their free AutoZone Fix Finder service. With over 5,600 locations nationwide, AutoZone's here to help you save time and money with their free services. Getting the job done just got easier. Restrictions apply. Get in the zone. AutoZone. Now, I want to tell you, AJ, if I ever have to fire you, I don't expect to have to. But if I do, I'm going to give you a chance to retire. Uh, well, I appreciate that. I mean, Is that so, so you don't have to pay me unemployment? Well, it's gonna, no, no, that's only secondary. It's going to be like Gettleman. <laughs> Well, I appreciate it. That's very generous of you. If you, miss, <laughs> if you missed any of today's show, including RJ planning my retirement, uh, you can check, check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com. We, of course, are going to be back tomorrow at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time. Start really digging into the weekend's game, the playoff schedule. He's RJ Bell. I'm AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! 